You're listening to Equipped, the preaching ministry of First Baptist Dry Prong in Dry Prong, Louisiana. Today we continue our series on Daniel, looking at Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel chapter 2. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy. If you have your Bible, we're going to continue going through Daniel today. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 2 today. I'm not going to read all of the chapter. I'm going to kind of just pick up from about halfway through. I'll kind of give you just a rundown about what has, has happened thus far. We began this series last week and you saw that Daniel and his friends were carried captive into this place called Babylon. We talked about this king that they were serving under King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel and his friends have been promoted. They purposed in their heart not to defile themselves. And now we get to chapter 2. And Daniel writes this account. And the king just had a bad dream. Do you ever have a bad dream? I've had some bad dreams. And for some reason, King Nebuchadnezzar had this dream and he was very, very troubled by this dream. So troubled by it that he wants to know what it means. He wants it interpreted accurately. And he feels the only way this can happen, the only way somebody can interpret this dream that he has, was somebody to interpret it that has not even heard it. His advisors and everybody says, King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, this is impossible. There's no way. Nobody can do such a thing. Can you read about that in verses 10 and 11 in chapter 2? Well, the king says, no, there's got to be a way. I don't want... I want the true meaning of this dream. I want the truth. I don't want somebody to tell me what I want to hear. I want somebody to tell me exactly what I dreamed and what it means. And he gets so angry and he's so upset about it that, that he's going to kill all of his wise men, all of his advisors, including Daniel and his friends. But Daniel, Daniel knew that, hey, the advisors may think it impossible and it may be impossible for men, but Daniel knew that with God, all things are possible. And Daniel asked for time, and he, he asked for time to go, and he prays, and he petitions to God. And in verse 18 and 19, you see that Daniel's prayer was answered. And in a night vision, it says in verse 19, Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So that's where we're going to pick up this morning. But let me just tell you, just starting right away, just right away, let me tell you, when, when you go to God and God answers your prayer, you would be wise to do exactly what Daniel did here. Daniel didn't just get up and go on his way. He praised the God in heaven because God answered his prayer. So let's read the rest of the chapter, starting in Daniel chapter 2, verse 20. He says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with Him. I thank you. And praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what was asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. 
He went in and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. Then Ariok quickly brought Daniel before the king and said thus to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, Are you now able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. They can't do it. But look what he says in verse 28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secret things. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, your thoughts came to your mind while you were on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your heart. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image. The great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you, and its form was awesome. The image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its bellies and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out with hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron... The clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. Now we will tell you the interpretation of it before the king. Verse 37, You, O king, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, He has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. But after you shall arise another kingdom, inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it. Just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, and as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. And as much as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain with hands. And that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. This dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, 
prostrate before Daniel. And Daniel commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts. And he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Also, Daniel petitioned the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. I wanted to read that today. and I, it's, a, it's a lot. I know it's a lot, but it's really summed up in this. God gives Nebuchadnezzar a, a vision. And basically, what I believe God is trying to show Nebuchadnezzar and what God's trying to show us today is that one day it's all going to come crumbling down. I've broken this up today and I want to share with you, this is how I want to do it today. I want to share with you three biblical truths, three undisputable truths from this passage. And then I want to share with you three application points from this passage, if that makes sense. First off, here's truth number one. That there is indeed a God in heaven who knows how this whole thing is going to play out. I'm so amused by reading this because I see the same thing today. The world and you and I, we get so busy and we want to know so bad what's going to be. What is, what's going to happen? What is God doing? How is everything going to transpire? Nebuchadnezzar wanted to know and, and, and the... His magicians and soothsayers, they wanted to know too, but they didn't. But there is a God in heaven that does. You and I, we can have a pretty good picture of the future, but we can't know exactly. But God knows with great, actual, great accuracy what's going to happen in the days ahead. That means a lot for, for where we're at in history, but it also means a lot for where we're at today, where I'm at today. Church, I want to tell you, there's nothing, absolutely nothing that you're going through today... Nothing you'll be going through tomorrow that God does not know you, that where you're at or where you're going to be. There's nothing that America is going to go through in the days ahead that God doesn't know what will happen. Everybody in this place, He knows our start date. He knows our end date. And you would be wise to trust Him with your future this morning. So there is a God in heaven that knows. Father, expanding on that truth is whenever you read this, I don't know how anybody could read this and deny it because it really reads like a history book. Here's the second truth this morning, that geopolitical governments are just temporary. And this is going to be revisited later in the book as well. But you got the statue up there, you can see, and I tried to, to make one or find one that would be a good image. I don't know exactly what Nebuchadnezzar saw, but I think that's a pretty good rendition of it. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Daniel said that the head was Babylon. The head was Nebuchadnezzar. And we know that, that Babylon was a great world empire. And it was an empire that reigned from 612 B.C. to 539 B.C. But guess what? It didn't reign forever. Because just like every single geopolitical empire, another one comes in that's stronger and takes it over. In 539 B.C., Medo-Persia came in, and that would be the chest and the arms of silver. As silver is inferior to gold, so Medo-Persia was inferior to Babylon. Not in its size, but in its effectiveness in governing people. 
But the Persians, they didn't stay around forever either. They were around from uh, 539 to 331. But another empire came. And a name that y'all might be familiar with is Alexander the Great. This would be Greece. The belly and the thighs of bronze would, would be Greece. And they, they ruled from 331 to 168 B.C. But guess what? They didn't last forever either. Fourth would be Rome. You see the vision in verse 33 of legs and of, of iron and the focus shifts from the value of metals to the, the strength of metals. And the Roman Empire was marked by strength. And Rome was a great empire, a powerful empire. And they ruled from 168 to 476 A.D. And others have tried to be world empires since then. But Rome was the last one. Hitler's tried, Stalin's tried, but they've all have failed. But that's where we're at today. Now some believe, I'll share with you this, some believe today that the feet and the toes are a further allusion to Rome. And some believe that that is a symbolic empire that will arise in the last day. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know which is true. I don't know if that's part of Rome or I don't know if that's a ten-nation thing that's going to come in the future. But this is what I do know. Everything that can happen has happened with great accuracy. No Babylonian, no Persian, no Roman, no, no Grecian would have believed that these empires would have been overthrown. Yet they were. See, God was telling Nebuchadnezzar, and I believe He's reminding us today, that everything man-made, including our governments, will ultimately be destroyed. It's all going to come crumbling down one day. But not everything. Because there's a fifth image. There's a fifth image in verses 35 and 44. This stone. This rock. This kingdom that will never, ever End. And that's the third point. That just as there is a God in heaven, and just as geopolitical governments are temporal, that there is a kingdom that never ends. And there is a king who rules above all others. Church, I want to tell you, America, that's where we find ourselves today. We're American citizens, and we love being Americans, and I do too. But America will one day pass away but the kingdom of God will reign forever I think of the imagery in the New Testament several places in the New Testament we see Jesus referred to as the rock we see uh, even Jesus said blessed are you Simon Peter on this rock I'll build my church in Ephesians 2.20, Paul said this, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Oh, there is a kingdom that never ends, and there is a king who will reign forevermore. When we pray for God's kingdom to come, we are praying for this eternal kingdom to come into fruition. So that's Daniel. That's the three truths from the chapter. And I don't know how you could read that chapter and come up with anything different. That there is a God in control, that everything we see is temporary, but there is a king and there is a kingdom that will never cease. So what does that mean for us? Well, I get it. Thank God I'm not a Roman. Thank God I'm not a, a, 
a Persian. Thank God I'm not back in Babylon. What does that mean for me right here where I'm at today? How do I apply that in the year 2022? Well, I want to tell you, I would apply it in three ways. First off, I realize those three points, and I know that I should 100% trust in the eternal God who has written history before it's occurred. Proverbs 3 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean unto your own understanding. Just as Daniel didn't fully understand with perfect accuracy how everything was going to happen, he knew that God did, and Daniel trusted. Just as Daniel trusted, so I will trust. There's no denying all of this has taken place. History. History has shown that there's a God in heaven who knows. And you would be a fool. You would be a fool to not trust in the God of Daniel. Psalms, 1, Psalms 14 1 says, The fool says in his heart there's no God. Don't be that fool today. Trust Him. Trust in this God. Because He is above the Babylonians. He's above Alexander the Great. He's above Julius Caesar. Trust Him with your life. Trust Him with your finances. Trust Him with your job. Trust Him with your future because it's all in His hands. Church, it's not a matter of if it comes crumbling down. It is when. Where will you be when it all comes crumbling down? Trusting. This means when you feel God's Holy Spirit leading you, even if it's an altar call before the preacher gets up here, listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm so pleased to see y'all do that this morning. It means when the Holy Spirit leads you to come to the altar after the service, whether you've been a born-again believer for 50 years or whether you're five years old, you listen and you come and you be obedient. Trust Him. You can trust in this God and you'd be crazy not to. Daniel trusted, and you'll see his friends trusted in the fiery furnace next week. So trust. Church, you can trust. You can trust in God, and you can trust in His Word. Second thing, this is a great reminder for me whenever I read these accounts, for me to just sit back and realize my place in history. Because one day it's all going to come crumbling down. Everything around us one day. This God who told Daniel this dream, he, He's already decreed it. Babylon is gone. The Persians were defeated. Alexander the Great was not that great. And you know what Caesar is now? It's nothing more than a salad dressing. But guess what? Jesus still reigns. And He reigns forever and forever and forevermore. Oh, I love America. I do. I love being in America. I'm so thankful I have freedoms here. But guess what? I can't trust in America because one day it's going to cease to exist. We must realize that, that kings and kingdoms, they rise and they fall. That's what they do because it doesn't last forever. They're temporal. And we must ask the question, where does our allegiance truly lie? I want to be careful this morning. This doesn't mean that, that we don't vote. It doesn't mean that, that we don't say the Pledge of Allegiance. It doesn't mean that we don't sign up and go serve our military and fight for our country. It doesn't mean that we don't respect our leaders. Right here in this very passage, you see Daniel giving honor to his king. But when push comes to shove, Daniel realized his place in history. And he was obedient to God above all else. So church, this, let me share with you this morning. 
If you think for one second that, that our current leaders or our future leaders are going to solve the world problems, you'll be as mistaken as the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans. It ain't going to happen. We've got to be a people that get our priorities straight. And third application point. Realize all of this tomorrow, this morning. What are we going to do with it? Well, I don't want to build on myself. I mean, ultimately, I think that's the real problem. I, I think most of us here and most people you talk to would, would agree with me about America. No, I'm not going to build my future on America. America is so divided. It doesn't matter what leader. America, it doesn't look very good right now for us, so I'm not going to do that. What we usually do, we usually build on ourselves. That's probably why God gave the vision. Nebuchadnezzar is at the top. He's the king. But I don't want to build on myself because guess what? I'm flesh and blood, flesh and bones, and that's all going to come crumbling down one day too. I love First Baptist Dry Prong. I love this good old wooden pulpit. I love that beautiful cross in the back, the pillars. It's a beautiful church. But if I build my, my future on church membership, if I build my future on the church, or even on this altar, the truth is it's going to come crumbling down too. So what am I going to do? Well, I think Jesus alluded to this when Jesus Himself said, build on the rock. So I want to end out this, this morning by reading what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. I want to make sure that, that you get there and I want to make sure that you see it because it's not Brother Kevin saying this. These are the words of Jesus Christ Himself, the King that reigns forevermore. It says in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, Therefore, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain des descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Jesus says, build on the rock, guys. And look what they said whenever they heard it. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teachings. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Look, Jesus taught by authority because Jesus has the authority. These teachings, they, and Jesus himself, that's the rock. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Alexander the Great, Caesar, King Nebuchadnezzar, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, George Bush, John Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. Guess what? Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the rock. That's the truth. And church, I don't want to have to be wake to the day to be brought to my knees. I want to go right now willingly. 
On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Oh church, I hope that you will build on the rock. I hope that you won't just listen to the teachings of Jesus. I hope that you won't just read Daniel and consider Daniel as a great history lesson. But I hope you'll look forward to the future when that king comes back and he subdues everything to himself. Because for some, for many even today, Jesus is no more than a teacher. Jesus is no more than a great role model. But for the born again Christian, for us that have the ability to go back and see where Daniel was and his friends in exile, we're able to look back. And many of you probably saw it before I even saw, even said the words, y'all saw the rock and y'all were like, that's my Jesus, that's my king. And I can't wait to see him. For the Christian, he's the king and we are his servants. May we be willing servants of the king. Have you made Jesus the king of your life or are you trusting in the temporal kings and kingdoms? Are you trusting in the, the temporal things that are going to fade away or are you trusting in the eternal? Where are you a citizen? I want to tell you, I've got dual citizenship this morning. I am an American citizen. But one day, I'll lose my voting rights because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I can't read Matthew chapter 7 before giving an invitation and not include the part before this. This is what he says in verse 21, 721. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Look at that, verse 22. Sad, one of the saddest verses in the whole Bible, if you were to ask me. Many. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see it right there. And I just, I say that, I say this with love, and I say it with just a word of caution this morning. There are so many people out there so many that, that are prophesying and saying all of these things about Jesus. So many of these people that, that know the Word. The Bible says even the, the devils know and the demons tremble in, in belief. Church, it's not enough just to know about Jesus. You have to know Him. You have to build on the rock. That's why Jesus continues. He says, listen, if you know about me, if you believe in me, then you need to follow my teachings. That means when Jesus says you're a sinner and you need to repent, you need to repent. That means when Jesus, like he told Nicodemus, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. That means when the Bible says you can be a new creation in Christ, you need to be a new creation in Christ. That's why when Jesus talks about the, the church and how important the church is, and when the Bible talks about church membership, we should listen to him about church membership. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, not my way, but thy way, Lord. So once again, church, as Brother Ray comes and our musicians comes and we get ready to have our invitation, my question to you this morning is simple. Are you building on the rock? Are you trusting in the rock? 
When it all comes crumbling down, will you find yourself standing on the rock? If you're confused this morning about how to do that, if you're confused this morning where your allegiance lies, I would be happy to talk with you, to pray with you. Whatever God is leading you to do today, I pray today will be the day that you do it. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you'll remember the three truths we talked about, that there's a God in heaven who knows how everything is going to play out, that geopolitical governments are temporal. There is a kingdom that will never end and a king who rules above all others. I hope you'll apply this by trusting in the God who's written history before it's occurred. I hope you realize your place in history, and I hope that you'll build on the rock. Thanks for listening and have a great week.